Thanks, Wally. Um, good afternoon. This is a bit different for me. I'm normally there, smiling. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Meg. I am married to somebody on the preaching and leadership team here at Jericho. And if this sermon series is about how church can make you feel uncomfortable or awkward, friends, <laughs> I am experiencing that right now. Um, but anyways, some of you might know I am currently in my final year of grad school. I am studying spiritual formations, which is understanding again how God um, teaches us and moves us and develops us. Um, and through my time in grad school, I have picked up a new interest, and that is in monks and nuns. <laughs> um, in my past church tradition, we never spent much time talking about um, the spiritual pathways of the past. Um, it was always forward. Um, and I think in my time learning, I've, I've again been very captivated by how God uses um, different ways to connect with us. And so again, in my studies, as I've learned about these pilgrims that have gone before us and saw the unique ways that God um, has been teaching them. Um, I also think that the Benedictines, so that's anyone who follows the monastic life, that's the monks and the nuns, are so fascinating because of what they do and what they don't do. I used to think that um, to be a nun would be really easy. Um, I mean, you get to live in a convent, and you just eat and sleep, and you do some chores, and you don't have society's pressures. You don't have to feed your family three times a day, and um, you don't have to practice patience when you're trying to find a spot in Costco. But friends, the easy part I had wrong, um, I have learned. Um, one of the practices that the monastic practice I'm going to share with you today, and that is the practice of stability. Now, practices can be a number of things that you do as a way to connect with God. So it can be things like prayer, scripture reading, times in silence. It's the things we practice as those who love God and have a deeper desire for a relationship with him. So as with any way that we connect with God, we simply use a practice to aid us in the connection. The goal is not the practice itself, for instance, the practice of stability, but the goal is the connection with God. The practice of stability is the realization that community takes time, and as I practice and continue to establish roots in the same community of God, not only forms me, but he forms his body. So it's kind of similar to trees. Trees all have roots, and the roots go in the ground. And you can dig a tree up, and you can move the tree, but for a tree to establish really healthy growth, it needs to be planted deep. Um, healthy roots produce a healthy tree, and a healthy tree allows trees to grow around it. It provides fruit, it provides shelter, and actually a forest of trees provides strength for all of them around them. So this practice of stability, root growing, has allowed me to connect with God and others in a season where that felt very difficult. Similar to Rachel, I've been at Jericho for a very long time. 14 years to be exact. I love this church, I love its quirk, I love its people, I love seeing God move and mold us. And God has done amazing things that we could never have imagined at the beginning. But friends, there was a season when I fought very hard to not run away. I don't know if you think it's unusual for staff or staff families to want to take a Sunday or a season off church, but I'm here today to tell you that Meg Sumner, pastor's wife to Brad, certainly did. I wanted to quit church. I hope to give you a glimpse into my inner life and wrestlings, as well as my conversations with God, in hopes that you see God 
and maybe you see yourself. So I'm just going to imagine that we're all just sitting in my living room and we're just chatting. It's much less threatening than this situation here. Um, So about three years ago, things were really hard around here. Um, It had been a season full of hard conversations, disappointments, and some very deep loss for me. This left me very tender and very guarded to God's people. This also left me wanting to run. It would have been easier to leave this place and start over somewhere without the mess and the tensions than it would be to stay. And I would ask God, sometimes I would ask God daily, like, God, can I go? Will you release us? And in his kind voice, he would always say, no, Meg, you're to stay. So what was I to do? On the one hand, I wanted to leave and run away. And on the other hand, I very clearly heard I was to stay. What could I do to hold these tensions? Enter my friends, the monks and the nuns. The Benedictine tradition, it helped me. So the Benedictine tradition, just to give you background, it's, um, it started in the 500 ADs. And just coming before that, people um, were leaving there. If you really wanted to connect with God, you would leave your town and you would go to the desert. And you would go to the desert and you would hide out in a cave all by yourself in isolation. And they believed, the desert mothers and fathers believed, that everything that God would teach them, they would learn in their cells. St. Benedict of Nursa, he at the time was living in a cave. Um, I think he was in Italy. And he was dependent on other pilgrims around him to bring him bread. And when he discovered that there were lots of them in caves all around, he decided to bring them all together and establish a monastery. So in this monastery, the monks all got together, and soon the monks and soon nuns, um, they saw what was happening, and so the monasteries grew. The challenge was is that they were not all acting the same way. So St. Benedict set out to establish some rules, or what we would probably call core values, um, on how monasteries were to act. And these rules are known as the rules of St. Benedict. And these are still in practice in all Benedictine monasteries that you would witness now. So although I never met a nun or a a monk while I was studying them, one assignment had me choose a spirituality of the past. I had to find two practices to practice within an eight-week period. I would choose the Benedictine tradition that had me look at the rule of Benedict for a practice to practice. There were lots of practices I could choose from. Some of these included hospitality, prayer, stability, stewardship, community, social justice, to name a few. So I thought I had practiced hospitality. But again, God nudging, asking, maybe I would like to try stability. The practice of stability is staying put. And for a monk, that's one monastery for life. Of course, God and I had a few conversations about this practice of stability, and it went something like this. Really, God? How about hospitality? Actually, anything other than stability. Again, the gentle nudge. Stability, Meg. (laughs) Crap. Stability it is. (laughs) So when a monk, when, um, when a monastic enters into life in a monastery, they take a vow. They actually take three vows. So they take a vow of stability along with fidelity and obedience. So it's interesting how these three vows are actually one because really what they're saying is I'm here. I'm here for this community and I submit my desires to this place. Benedictines insist on stability. It stands as an enduring challenge to a society where mobility is universal And the unspoken conviction that many of us have is that if we are faced with unpleasant situations, we ought to move on. The assumption is the problem is always out there and never in ourselves. 
For community to build built within the monastery, we needed to have some agreed upon ways to live. And then they needed the monks and the nuns to continue to establish them, to practice them, to build roots for the monastery. And what would hinder this from happening in those monasteries is if the monks and the nuns continued to leave. So St. Benedict knew that the struggle was inside and rarely outside. This is also true for our culture today, and it was very true for me in this season. So, God and I started my journey to practice stability. Yes, it wasn't in a monastery, but it was going to be in church, and I was going to practice staying put. So, how did this practice change me and is changing me? For me, the practice began in coming to church. <laughs> you see, it was a practice to every Sunday get dressed, show up, and be at church. And it was very hard work. Some of you also experience this, maybe not just at church, but doing other hard things, like staying in a job you don't love, staying in a marriage that is hard, staying hopeful in a difficult child, seeing your counselor. We practice stability by continuing to show up in our coming. Some weeks had me sitting in my car in the LEC wondering if I could do it. Paul challenges the Christians that he was speaking to in Romans 12 on how to live a life of worship under God in the new covenant. Chapter 12, verse 1 says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. So, what I did with my body was an act of worship. Just showing up was worship. Through my practice, I was allowing God's will, his desire for me, refine what I desired to stay in, sleep in, or run away. Further down, Paul talks about the role of the body, which Brad spoke on last week. And we see he calls the believers to love with genuine affection, to take delight in honoring each other, or as the message says, love from the center of who you are. Be good friends who love deeply. The NIV says, be devoted to one another. Friends, love with loving affection from the center of myself, being devoted, these are slow acts. I think much of community is the slow work of showing up. And in my practice, instability has allowed me to continue to show up in the hard times. My practice again showed me that it's slow work. So although the season has changed, I still practice my stability in coming. I now have joy in getting ready. I look forward to seeing people and worshiping with all of you. But I still need to come to practice this. Community, the body, Paul, the body, as Paul talks about, cannot be done in isolation. The Christian life was not meant to be done on our own. God did not design it that way. And although at times it would feel easier, it's not his plan. I wonder how much society has sold us a lie, just like St. Benedict countered that the problem is always outside of us. Therefore, if I leave the community, it can be just God and I. And as an introvert and somebody who loves contemplation, me and God would have a really good time there. <laughs> but I need community to put into action the Jesus way. And yes, it can be awkward and uncomfortable, but it doesn't make it not right. The second way I practiced stability was asking God to give, my, give me awareness in my inner dialogue. My inner selfish dialogue went something like this. I mean, I've been here a long time. I know many pastors leave sooner. Maybe it would be best for the church. Don't I deserve better? The glory days are over and we're left picking up the mess. Without God's help, though, I would have just entertained those thoughts. And there were times I did. 
But my practice instability, I am staying put for the community. Most of my inner dialogue had to do with my feelings, my emotions, and my intentions. And it wasn't about this community that God deeply loved. Early in Romans 12:2, Paul says, Do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I wish it had said something like, God will transform you by transforming your community and your environments to order them in a way that is easiest and most pleasing to yourself. Here's what I'm learning. Transformation often needs to come when we allow God to change our inner dialogue and not our circumstances. So this required me to want to change my thoughts. I began to pray and ask God to make me aware of them so that I could change them. And often this awareness came when I would have these thoughts and then ask God to help me see something else. I would often say, God, this thought isn't yours, but I need truth to change it. Allow my eyes to see something different. The NIV puts it this way, 2 Corinthians 10.5, we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. We have to take the thought captive, and then in God's goodness, he changes our minds. But friends, let's be realistic. This takes time. It's a slow act of obedience, and it is hard work. Remember back into Romans 12.2, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, his good and pleasing and perfect will. God is going to transform me in part by how I think. Our thoughts matter. They determine my next steps, and if I had let them rule them, I would have run, which would have not been obedient to what God told me. Stability allows us time to practice these things. The truth was, I was sad. And yes, there are times when it's right to leave, but it wasn't not right for me then. In this, I had to acknowledge and feel what I was feeling. If I had run, I could have mistakenly believed that I didn't have to look at the loss and the pain I was experiencing. I also wouldn't have to ask for forgiveness or give forgiveness, or to face that the body isn't perfect and perfect wasn't guaranteed to me. In fact, God didn't promise perfect outside of heaven. This practice helped me face my heart and work towards healing. The psalmist understood this well. In Psalm 94, 19, it says, When doubt fills my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. It was also significant for me to look at my motivations. Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove, in his book, The Wisdom of Stability, says that the same restlessness that sends us searching for community also keeps us from settling down where we are. Our motivation keeps us looking for the best, easier, most exciting community, and yet stability is the commitment to trust God, not in an ideal world, but in the battered and bruised one we know. You see, my motivation was to leave pain. This had me wanting to throw away anything and anyone that could hurt me. But friends, community in Christ is found in those difficult places. We practice stability in our learning, our hospitality, our forgiving, our reconciling. It is in the daily acts of living with each other. And I'm pretty sure it's impossible to understand our motivations apart from our community or a few trusted friends. Because I don't know about you, but I couldn't trust my motivations were pure. So I needed to talk to a few trusted friends about my feelings and my wanting to run, but my call to stay put. They loved me. They had my best intentions in mind. They too had discerned that it was God wanted me to stay put. So they encouraged me, and they sat with me in my staying put. 
And I'm grateful because they saw that God was still at work in me and here. So friends, do you have something you need to stay put in? And who have you invited to keep company with you in that? I remember one conversation with Al Thiessen. He was at our house for some reason and we were talking and he said, so matter of fact, Meg, can't protect your heart. You will get hurt again. But if your eyes are focused there, you'll miss the glory God is bringing and doing. See, Al spoke from a place of deep knowing and deep staying put. He had modeled this for me and is still modeling this for me. See, I think older generations do this much better than we do. They realize struggle's inevitable. Why are you laughing? <laughs> they realize struggle is inevitable, but community is hard to find. And they also understand that community isn't about me. It's about God. So by having trusted friends who challenged my motivation and then sat with me in my staying put, others helped me practice stability. The final way I practiced stability was by asking God to open my eyes to where he was at work here at Jericho. Friends, this meant I had to acknowledge him. And I also had to acknowledge you. And it was full participatory work, and I found it utterly exhausting. And later I found it hopeful. You see, when we ask God to show us, we have to be willing to look. And there are so many promises that's in Scripture. Jeremiah 29, 13, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Matthew 7, 7, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. God is here. He hadn't left. He was still building his church. He had a plan. I didn't understand it or even think it was the best plan. But again, I'm not God. For Jesus reminds Peter of this in Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. So if hell isn't going to conquer it, nothing is going to stop God from doing what he was doing and is doing here at Jericho. Jonathan Wilson Hartgrove says that we cannot find stability within ourselves alone for it rests on the character of the one who promises to love us where we are at. Faith is a response to that love, rooting us in the full reality of a God who is faithful. I needed to see God here. I needed to trust his character and his promise he had for his church. And this, this is steadfastness. The Psalms says in Psalm 51.10, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. What does a steadfast spirit look like to be practiced in a community? I love how Esther DeWall says this. Monastic stability means accepting this particular community, this place, these people, this and none others as a way to God. The man or woman who voluntarily limits himself for, the building of, for one building and a few acres of ground for the rest of their life is saying that contentment and fulfillment does not consist in constant change. And friends, I think this is what we're doing at 64th Avenue. We're choosing where to put our roots down our collective roots. And I think often Satan is clever in his ways. He tempts us away from this steadfastness with boredom or sometimes restlessness that I spoke of earlier. So I know we aren't a monastic community. <laughs> and we, don't, we live in a time where jobs change and people move. I get that. And I'm also aware that there are times when God is clear that the obedient step is to go. And in those seasons, community works exactly the same way by helping us to see our intentions, 
our motivations, and where God is at work. See, the practice of stability worked to break down my consumerism. Now, I know you're thinking. Easy for you to say, Meg, your husband's a bastard. But I hope you hold that thought in the mirror of what I've already said. It's hard work, no matter your role. My stability and our stability is really a response to the promise that says God is faithful and steadfast. The true aim of stability is to grow in love of Christ, and then our practice will naturally move us beyond our own peace and security. This is because, yes, God dearly loves us, but he also dearly loves this body, the church, and he dearly loves this world. You can't practice without him, for again, stability is the commitment to trust God, not in an ideal world, but in the battered and bruised one we know. So friends, we have a solid place to place our trust. And it's not in programs, it's not in church buildings, it's not even in the friendships within this community. Our solid trust is God. He is here with us. As we focus our eyes on him, asking him to show us where he is at work, we gain his heart and his eyes for the church. This small congregation in Port Kells and soon to be on the border of Surrey and Langley. So let me tell you where I saw God some Sundays when I was struggling to practice stability. I saw him in the friendly face that welcomed me into church, who didn't know I didn't want to be there. I saw him in the kids that ran around, happy to be with their church family. I saw him in hot coffee, because God always knows for me, things are always better with a cup of coffee. I saw him in the faces of those in worship when I struggled to find that place myself. I saw him in Brad as he taught and walked out with confidence where the Lord was guiding us. And friends, I saw God here, and I saw God in you, and I confess that I would have left it all. Oh dear. By God's grace, his unwavering love that does not give up on me, and through you, I am able to practice stability. So friends, let's be a community that admits that life together is hard, and yet fully confident this is the way of Jesus. We stay and we learn from people we disagree with. We welcome others different than us because we, when we interact with them, we see the face of Jesus. And the reason for stability? Because God is not elsewhere. I'm going to pray. God, I thank you for your body. I thank you for your church. And I thank you for your dream of the church and your dream for this church. So Lord, whatever you are doing and you want to do here, would we be open to that? Would we see your eyes and your face in those we welcome? Would we submit to your desires, Lord? Would we be brave to admit that it is hard, but we are going to stay because, God, you are big enough for that. I thank you for walking with me. I thank you for this body. In Jesus' name, amen. So inwardly, I have been laughing this week that Brad asked me to practice on, preach on stability when this is like our third move. Like, <laughs> really? Stability? Um, and yet, I kind of, I wonder what the invitation he has for you and me today is in that. So to end, we're going to do something a little different. Um, in a minute, I'm just going to ask you to place your hands on your heart. And we're going to have silence. And I want you to just ask in silence, God, what are you inviting me to today? And then after a short period passes, I'm going to have you stretch your arms out. And I'm going to ask you in the quiet of your heart, God, what is it you're inviting this body to today?
and then just reflect on that. Now listen, if you do both of these things and you hear nothing, it's okay. It's okay. I would encourage you to keep, keep asking and keep pursuing that this week because God does speak. It sometimes takes us a while to, to find his voice and, and to settle ourselves. And on Sundays, that can be hard. So hands on your heart. God, what is you're inviting me to today? reached out. God, what is it you are inviting this body to today? Amen. As the worship team comes up, I just want to remind you that the prayer team will be at the back. If you're in a season like I was, sometimes you need somebody to help you in your stay puttiness. <laughs> so they're there for that. You can say, I just, I need prayer to stay put. Or maybe you need prayer to say, I need to work on my steadfastness. Or maybe you're just sad like I was. And then you can just go and say, I'm sad. So wherever that finds you today, they are available.